Welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast 2023. If you like what you hear today, make sure to follow us at Boom or Bust NRL on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Good evening and welcome back to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast for 2023. We're kicking off our preseason previews and it's great to have you guys listening again. I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and tonight I'm joined by Mitch Brown, our expert physio. Hey, Mitch. Hey, mate. How are you? Going well, going well after our uh, pre-session volume adjustments and everything else to get us started for the new year. We'll soon find out if it worked. That's it. Whether you can just hear me banging away on things because I've got to amplify myself to one million again. And you also have Nick Lord, who is our stats guru and fantasy nugget. Hey, Nick. What it do, baby? Another season, guys. Let's get it. That's it. Now, guys, look, we uh, have our daily content is is going to be kicking off soon, but we definitely have our NRL overall league up. So coming out with this, we will uh, share out the code for that. Uh, We also have uh, our head-to-head leagues. We're looking to restart those in the new year. So you look out over the next couple of weeks. We will have those together as well. So the last one is, guys, is that we had a quick chat and we're thinking questions from you guys. We might actually hold a pre-season questions podcast uh, just before the start of the season. So we will, if anything that we don't answer during the podcast, we will be saving up for that. So guys, let's talk. And it's an interesting one, but this is where the random number generator got us. We start off today with the Titans. So I guess, guys, Titans, you know, 2022 didn't go so well for them. Hey, Nick. No, no. Um, I've, I'll, I'll bring it up now. I was going to say it for later, but Justin Holbrook, guys, his career winning percentage is 36% in his first three seasons. So um, if he doesn't pick up some wins, I think he's in the hottest of all hot seats just to uh, start the season. So there you go. Speaking of Speaking of performance... They had Mal Meninga as their high-performance coach. Now, the only high-performance that I seem to have seen from the Gold Coast seems to be down, you know, at Broad Beach on a Saturday night. So I'm not sure what's happening over there with Big Mal. So I think he's on a... I don't know who's got dirt on, but he seems to be on a very good wicket down there, hey? It sort of puts uh, his tenure with uh, the Queensland Maroons it sort of puts a bad bad look on it because you know he had a loaded team during that eight nine year stint and then he's come to a team like the Titans where he's looking to rebuild and and start another dynasty so to speak and it's been anything but right yeah that's it it's yeah the Titans that they haven't had this run of success that I think that they would appreciate just to run through last season real quick, they had uh, a, a halfback who couldn't crack it in first grade. They had uh, one of their former co-captains get done for... What did Kevin Proctor do in the bathroom? Vaping. Again, I've forgotten. Yeah. Um, any, any other scandals to come through from them? Oh, I think David Fafita recently had an altercation with Reese Walsh, something about eyeliner in a nightclub, but that's about it. <laughs> but I must say, David Fafita, he's the sort of guy who accidentally walks into other people's houses. So I don't know what's oh. happening there. Yeah, right. Yeah, he accidentally did that to one time. Anyway, moving on. I'm out of court settlement reached on that, so I think I'll say no more. Uh, moving, <laughs> moving on. Uh, look, let's have a quick chat. Teams, additions, and losses. 
So look, I might kick us off with addition. So look, they picked up Kieran Foran, guys, from Manly. Chris Randall in a bit of a weird swap uh, from the Newcastle Knights. Aaron Shop from the Bulldogs. Joe Stimson also from the Bulldogs. And Sam Verrills from the Roosters. As well as, uh, I think they picked up probably from uh, one of the feeder clubs, Thomas Weaver. Uh, Nick, who have they lost, mate? Uh, Herman Sese, he's gone to the Dolphins. Jermaine Asaka as well to the Dolphins. Sam Lasane is off to England to Leeds Rhinos. Uh, with Eason Masters as well, he's off to Huddersfield. Uh, Greg Marzu, um, he's off to Newcastle. Kevin Proctor, I can't believe he's still got a job, but he's gone to Wakefield. Will Smith to the Tigers. Corey Thompson, uh, the legend, has retired, and Jared Wallace has also followed. A couple of those other guys, the Dolphins. Excellent. So I guess my question to you guys is, has this team improved or not with its signings? Mitch? Um, I think it's improved with its losses, right? <laughs> 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 uh, that, that'd be the short answer. Uh, the longer answer is, Sam Verrills, if he can stay healthy, is not a bad signing, and maybe the same for Kieran Foran, but... I look at most of those signings and say, you know, it's sort of a bit of a sidestep, except, you know, the only benefit would be that they're better characters. It's not going to help them crack the top eight, so they might be a little bit better, maybe 2% better. Nick, your thoughts? Um, uh, Whenever I look at these things, I think about who would I want on my team? And so in terms of guys they added that that I would want on my team, it would be Fuzzer and Beryls. I'd love to have them on the Dragons. Um, however, guys that lost, Greg Marzu, I think is a good ball carrier. And Jared Wallace actually came on really well last year. So it's sort of same for same, to be honest. I think the best thing they've done, though, is sort of crystallize what they've done is they've brought in Foran and Ferrells, which is two guys in their spine, which has really um, put the right food chain in to get the right mix, I think. So I think they are a better team just by uh, the types of additions they put in, if that makes sense. Mm. What do you think, Stu? Look... No, you're right there. I think I think they're a slightly better team due to the changes, especially if Verrills and Foran can stay fit. I reckon they're a bit of a gamble, which is why. And that, to be honest with you, they were guys on the way out their current clubs. Sam Verrills has been replaced by the Cheese. Foran was always on his way out for Schuster. Schuster was ready to walk if Foran didn't go. So they're on the way out. I think that's why they've taken the gamble on the Titans, and the Titans have had to settle in some ways for them because they're, no one else wants to go to the Gold Coast unless they're on 1.2 David Fafita money. So Irish Taylor money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, that's exactly right. So, But look, I reckon they're better. And look, I've got the biggest gain here is foreign and their biggest loss is probably... I like what you said about Jared Wallace. I kind of said Greg Marzu, but Jared Wallace might actually prove to be a bigger loss. Yeah. So anyway, moving on. Look, we've got some injuries and suspensions. So Mitch, this year, in a big sacrifice, I know, but you've picked up suspensions as well as your injuries, mate. So can you take us through the injuries and suspensions? Yep, no worries. So first up, we've got Brian Kelly. Uh, He was suspended due to pile driving uh, a player. He's set to return round four. And uh, the implication of that is that Olafina Khan Pereira, gee, those names are not getting any easier. <laughs> They're uh, not. <laughs> AKP. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to start working on, on, on either pronouncing them or shortening them. Uh, I'm going with AKP. He, he'll look to replace him. Uh, Patrick Herbert, so he suffered an ACL injury round 21. 
uh, in 2022. So the main thing with that one, as I've said uh, time and again, is it's a nine month recovery. That has him slated to return sometime around May. So that'll be sort of the round 10 to 12 mark. Um, as always, unlikely to be the same player he was last year. We'll see a decrease. Uh, we won't see a decrease rather in minutes uh, due to his player position. Uh, but with that, uh, top speed acceleration will be down and therefore, you know, tries, tries his tackle breaks. So if you're looking to pick up Patrick Herbert, don't. Um, next one, AJ Brimson. Now I'm going to be getting to him a little bit later, but I might sink my teeth into this one now. So AJ's had ongoing groin injuries over the last season and he's continued to have it during his preseason. The real concern with AJ is his inability to shake the groin injury. So generally a true groin injury, and what I mean by this is like a tear to the groin itself, uh, is hard to get over, but it has a low recurrence rate. So generally once you come back to play, it's unlikely to go again. Now I was doing a bit of reading today and there has been comments that he's actually also been suffering lower abdominal pain. And generally speaking, if you're getting groin and lower abdominal pain, that's more likely to be your pubic symphysis. So he's most likely suffering from a condition called osteitis pubis, which is 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 more a joint injury than, say, an adductor strain. Uh, without going into any more detail than that, because I could spend the rest of the night on that, it's a more complicated recovery. Uh, and, and more often than not, uh, can be an issue ongoing. So his ability to change directions is going to be hindered. Uh, top speed's going to be a problem. And he, he could just tend to break down from time to time. So... The main implication is this, that it could be an ongoing problem. I would want to see him during the trials uh, and certainly the first three to four rounds. But at this point, just from purely an injury perspective, I'd be very reluctant to get on board because it is a tricky injury to treat. Um, Sam Verrill, so shoulder arthroscope. He is slated to return in the preseason challenges. There weren't major details on this, but the fact he was able to or he will be available to return sort of in February given the surgery was done in early December that to me indicates that it's a relatively low key injury hence why I sort of labeled it as an arthroscope I don't have any major concerns as far as fantasy goes um, that said there are just genuine concerns with Sam's ability to stay healthy he seems to be a bit of an injury magnet so again from an injury perspective this season I'll be very very reluctant to get on board I know he's had a bit of bad luck but some people just just attracted and and I really think he's one of them final one boys Aaron Booth uh, ACL PCL and MCL now I've got it written down here that I think he'll be the season I was talking to uh, a sports doctor who was involved in the NRL last year, and I said it as well, that we both agreed it's the worst knee injury we have seen in football. Neither of us have direct you know, contact with this injury, but looking at it live, neither have seen anything like this. So I wouldn't be shocked if he missed the season, to be completely honest. It, it's pretty bad. His uh, knee's quite messed up, and, and I'd imagine the meniscus isn't great. Uh, so if he does return, it'll be late this season, but honestly, I'd probably want him to have an entire pre-season following um, total recovery from that injury. Look, that that makes a bit of sense. The fact that they've picked up Chris Randall as a trade says that Aaron Booth is unlikely to be back anytime soon. So, yeah, that's that's good to know about those guys, especially AJ Brimson, who I know has got a lot of early season traction. Yeah, I, I just am reading between the lines here. When you've got those retur- recurrent groin injuries, there was a time, you know, 15, 20 years ago, we did have the occasional player going down with them and they were 
attributed to that but these days you know the, the knowledge kind of is that the the muscle itself is pretty good at recovering once you get there it's if you're having those repeated ones it's probably something else and i treat a lot of this injury at the clinic i work at uh that would give me the heebie-jeebies having an nrl level player having recurring issues there i i don't like it at all excellent no that's insightful good info now look speaking of insights uh let's move to the strength of schedule and buy round ratings so nick talk us through what's happening at the titans so first start with the buys guys they got buys around 5 13 and 16 um and they are for the calculations I've done, they've got the eighth hardest overall schedule. Um, and so what I've done, guys, for the strength of schedule, I'll split it up into three um, sort of periods. So rounds 1 to 12, which is before you have any origin. I've got the origin period, which is rounds 13 to 20. And I've got after origin, which means there's no pre-origin or post-origin game, which is rounds 21 to 27. So that's how I'll break it up for all the strength of schedules. Um, so it, so for the first 12 rounds, they've got the sixth easiest. And then for the second origin period, they've got the seventh easiest. But then for the run home, they've got the fourth hardest. So um, so to go through that first period, it's really crazy. They've got the round one, the Tigers away. Round two, the Dragons away. But then they've got the Storm at home, round three. And the Cowboys away, uh, round four. Then they run into their bye. Then they've got round six, the Dragons, round seven, uh, home. They've got round seven, the Broncos at home. They've got the Dolphins away in round eight, and the Seagulls round nine. The Eels round 10, and the Knights, and then the Bulldogs. So in that stretch, I only see three nasty games in the first 12 rounds, which would be the Storm, the Cowboys, and potentially the Seagulls, depending upon how you feel about them. And um, But they do versus the Eels, but they have them at home. So they're sort of the first period... Um, it's sort of uh, the calculations sort of match up with how you sort of feel about those teams. Um, uh, they miss, so in terms of bias, guys, they miss the two chaos rounds, which is rounds 13 and 16. Um, that's when you only have your 13 players playing. Um, I believe there's only five matches those rounds as well. So um, we think they're going to be quite hard. I know you don't have to feel your 17, but I think they're going to be quite hard, don't you think, Stu? Um, trying to oh, marry... Bring in, bring in enough guys for then. Oh, look, you're certainly going to have to save some trades for those because this year, with the extra trades, people are going to want to play 13 those rounds. So, yeah, not having them there. It means it's great if you own Origin players because your Origin players wouldn't be there anyway. So you're not losing yep. those rounds. But if these... I guess that counts for Tino. But for everyone else in the team, it's bad because you want pe- people playing those rounds. It makes it a bit tricky, for, yeah, for those fringe sort of players. Um, they're still good, but not Origin. Um, and they get the in terms of the Origin period as well, guys. They get the Dolphins round nineteen at home, um, who should have any Origin players, but uh, we don't think the Dolphins are going to go any good, do we? So, um, really, they got a pretty good Origin period. Um, the run home is pretty dis- disgusting, guys. So round twenty four, they got the Sharks away. Round twenty five, they got the Panthers home. Round 26, they got the Storm away. And then the final round, round 27, they got the Bulldogs home. I think the Bulldogs are going to be good. So, really, that's four pretty rough teams they got a verse on the way home. Um, if you look at picking up points, maybe don't pick up attacking players from the Titans potentially because they're going to come up against some good defenses. So, in terms of teams they have twice, they got the Broncos, Bulldogs, Cowboys, Dragons, Sharks, Storm, and Dolphins. So out of that, you've only got the three sort of three, maybe four good teams there: the Cowboys, Sharks, Storm, and depends how you feel about the Broncos. I mean the Bulldogs, sorry. Um, so 
overall, I think um, it's nice to begin with and it gets really bad at the end there, obviously, as I mentioned. I don't think the round five buy is good from a cash cow point of view because you get the four weeks and then you got the week off where you're not making any cash. Um, they got the cl- one of the cleanest runs home um, with the round 16 buy. So from round 17 to 27, they're absolutely clean, which is really nice. Um, if you're picking up non-origin players, you can get all the last 11 games, which is pretty sweet. Um, no other team has this many games in a row uh, to close out the season, uh, which is pretty cool. So the next closest is the Tigers and the Sharks with around 17 buys. So they get rounds 18 to 27. So if you pick up a Titan after their final buy, you, you've essentially gained the most value um, for the rest of the season, potentially, nice. um, in terms of games played. Um, so in that sense, I'm looking at Titans guns and middles. I think they'll be really good towards the back end of the year against the best forward packs in the league. Um, so, Stu, uh, take us away with the, your predicted starting 17. Yeah. And look, this has changed a little mu- a bit since I first published it on our Facebook page at Boom or Bust NRL. Uh, as things do over the preseason, I think I made this one sometime in December. But basically, uh, look, let's start with the big news. Uh, it looks like Tanner Boyd has won the race to become the halfback from early news, uh, which has had a reshuffling effect moves uh, Kieran Foran to his natural point at six, uh, shuffles AJ Brimson quite possibly to the fullback role, and Jaden Campbell all the way to the 14. So look, there's quite a few sources on this one, but it seems to be pretty accurate. So we'll see how that one goes, hey. Uh, the, but going through the team, so look, one through uh, 13, I've got AJ Brimson at fullback, uh, Jojo Fafida and uh, AFK, uh, Alofiana Khan Pereira at uh, on the wings, uh, Aaron Shop and Philip Sami at centre, uh, and then Kieran Forum Tanner Boyd in the halves. The props are Mo Fonawaka Tino uh, Far Sulamali, and we have Sam Her- Sam Averils at hooker. On the edges, David Fafita and uh, Bo Firma, and at lock I have Aaron Clark. And on the bench we have the aforementioned Jaden Campbell. And look, I've got guys here. We could check to see who they are, but I've got Jamin Joliffe, Isaac Liu, and Joe Stimson. So, look, guys, there's a few fantasy-relevant players here, some special ones. Uh, look, Mitch, you spoke about AJ Brinson before. Uh, so just talk us through what you'd be thinking about for people who are looking at AJ Brinson. What would you say? Look, we spoke about the injury, and, and to me... That's going to be my big thing this year. I'm, I'm really going to try and avoid people I have a, an asterisk over, and he'd definitely be one of them. So the injury is straight up a big concern. But the other thing, guys, is the positional change. So the move from 5'8 to fullback, I feel like at this point he is likely a bust. Uh, I had a bit of a look on uh, the fantasy football stats. At 5'8, his 2020 average was 47. At fullback, it was 39. So at 665K with a 46 break even, uh, and 45 average, he's actually potentially slated to lose value if your um, team list is right there, Stu, which to my mind I think is probably going to be the case. So I've got AJ Brimson, and this is controversial uh, as a bust this year just because his statistics aren't quite as good at fullback. And uh, the other thing I'd say is because he is struggling with injury uh, is that Jaden Campbell could potentially beat him out for the fullback role, particularly if he can find a way to be more healthy. Interesting. And yeah, look, I, I, can, on, I can see AJ Brimson dropping down the points 
uh, just due to the lack less tackles at the back. Yeah. Although the <laughs> Titans might be letting a few guys through, so he might be able to make a few more than he wants to. Yeah, right. but not enough to sort of make or break, um, you know, his season and certainly get him up those numbers. Now, from some point, given that we I think we all feel the Titans might struggle, he might find a way to, to get back up there. But at this stage, boys, unless there's any arguments, I actually have him as a bust, which is probably controversial in some circles. Fair enough. All right. Well, look, I've got another question, which is for you, Nick. Now, you're talking about uh, potential Titans forwards that we might want later in the season. Now I I figure you got one guy who might might fit that mark. Who have you got? Atina Fasuma Ali, guys. Um, I think we sort of flagged him mid last season as a as he sort of went in the dip of his price cycle. Um, but essentially, for him to break even, I think he's sort of perfectly priced at seven hundred seventy one k with a break even fifty three. So sixty minutes at a point eight seven ppm, which he's hit, um, is a fifty two point two. So there's no real value here. I think it's a bit of a um, trap as well because his um, price is a little bit inflated from his last three games where he scored 214 points in his last 217 minutes. So it's pretty much a point a game, point a minute, sorry, in his last three games against trench competition against the Dragons, Knights and Warriors. So I just wait and buy the dip later in the season um, as it was mightily impressive for the, the Kangaroos in the World Cup there. He's only 22 guys. And he's nowhere near his prime. So um, his statistical prime is around 26, 27 for front rollers and locks. So um, there's no rush to go out and get him in round one, guys. So I've just got him as a chucker star. Get on him later. No, it makes sense to me, mate. I All I say from Tino is because he's only 22, that development, like from where he's gone 2020 with the Storm, you know, 2021, 2022 at uh, the... Uh, at the Titans and the way that he's improved, I reckon he he's on that cusp of breaking that top tier of forwards. So I'll be keeping a real close watch on Tino just in case he he really does take that next step up. Especially because I think if he moves from the thirteen, he'll be doing less ball distribution in his minutes and more doing what he does really well, which is breaking dudes while he runs over them. Hence, <laughs> uh, look, he, he likes the occasional offload and whatever else. But if he's making up big meters and bumping off dudes along the way, he, there's a lot of points in Tino. I mean, so. It's a good PPM, but I, I don't think he's going to... I don't see any catalysts for him as a front row, personally. Fair 60 enough. minutes is huge. So Yeah, and look, e- either way, I'm certainly not keen to start with him for the season. So Chuck a star sort of makes sense for me. Mitch, you agree? Yep, absolutely. Excellent. Now, look, I might go into one guy who I am very interested in, uh, and that is the aforementioned Tanner Boyd. So, guys, look, if Tanner Boyd is the number seven at, uh, as the Corey Mal has suggested, so Boyd's going to be the starting halfback in 2023, which is, makes a bit of sense because he finished 2022 in the halfback role and did pretty well uh, once they dropped Toby Sexton. And... The team actually finished pretty well. That's the reason why they didn't pick up the spoon. So, uh, and the other interesting news, he's 22, so he's young. They're not bringing along because he's, he's an old guy. And he uh, played his schoolboy years along Dave Fafita. So, look, if this is true, I reckon there's a good chunk of cash with Void in the spine. Uh, I reckon, so he's averaging 32-odd. So, by the way, he's 33 break-even 
and he averages around 32 in base stats and another 10 in attacking. And he's likely to pick up goal kicking as well, which is around another five or six points. So this puts him into cash cow territory. Like we, we project him at that point, sort of what around uh, mid forties up to 50. They're not quite a keeper, but you know, make some cash and get out. Yeah. Make some cash, get out. Like if you could trade him up to, you know, you won't necessarily get him to like Nathan Cleary levels, but you could certainly trade him out at some point, like off your bench to a keeper later on in the season. So just he's a guy to watch watch as he comes through. Uh, the downside, there are two or three players at the Titans ready to go if he doesn't fire. So they do have Campbell who can come and, you know, the shuffle can happen, AJ Brimson back into the halves. They've got Sexton. And so whatever else. The last one is, is that I reckon that uh, if Brimson and Forum are around, but neither of them do many kicking meters, so I reckon there's some actual, some more kicking meters in there for Tanner Boyd too. So I've got a big boom on him. Mitch, what do you reckon about Tanner Boyd? Uh, mate, I, I think he, he's probably one of the best picks on the team. I mean, I, last year we looked at Toby Sexton and I was pretty against him, but I, I myself will, will probably be picking up Tanner Boyd. Uh, you look at his uh, halves pairing in Kieran Foran, who I have question marks about, which I'll, I'll get into shortly. Tanner Boyd looks like probably the, the safest and close on the only um, pick up on this Titans team. Mm. Nick, you agree or in, in, any question about Yeah, I'm in. No, I'm in. Yeah. He's in my team. Yeah, me too. Uh, the, the fact that he's DPP hooker half, he just, he sits there. I, I know, I'm pretty happy about that. So, excellent. Okay, moving on. Uh, Mitch, you got one more guy to look at, mate. Who, who, who did you pick up? Well, speaking of Kieran Foran, so at 431k, uh, sitting on a 30 point, 31 point average for 2022 and a 1% ownership. Look, largely it was a better year last year uh, for Fozza at the Seagulls with regard to injury. He was able to play 20, uh, hang on, how many games was it? Uh, 22 games. But the main issue is that every time in his career that Kieran Foran has been asked to do more, Bulldogs, Eels, Warriors, He's tended to break down with injury. And I'd wager part of the reason the Eagles was a good fit for him was because Cherry Evans was drinking the entire milkshake and just leaving a little dribble dribble at the end for Fozzer to have a slurp on. Um, for the Titans to succeed, Foran will have to be more involved. And Tanner Boyd is, you know, a very young halfback. And I, I'd wager as a result of him getting involved, he's going to be a much, much higher injury risk. So... To, to punch out these, or to, to tell you these stats here, between 2016 and 20, uh, these are the games from that from 16 to 20 that Kieran Foran played. 9, 18, 12, 15, and 14. And then, as I said before, in 2022, he was able to play 22 games. Now, Foran's best average was 40 points a game in 2020 with the Bulldogs where he played 14 games. His next best was 37 in 2016, where he played nine. Even with the increase in points that I think he'll likely see, and therefore an increase in value, I just feel like he's far too big an injury risk. And we've got to remember he's now, you know, four or five years older than he was when he had those good seasons uh, as far as fantasy goes. So I've got him... Well, exactly right. I've got him as a a gigantic bust. So... Sorry, uh, Fozzer, mate. Um, it, I wouldn't touch him. No way. 
No, I, I totally agree, mate. Especially with Tanner Boyd there, who's only a little bit more. He's one break even higher at four seventy nine. Oh, sorry, th- two break even higher, thirty three break even. I yeah, it's hard to. You don't choose four if you were desperate, right? No, I would. I would. I'd pick anyone else. I'd pick Pengai Junior. <laughs> Fair enough. And I, if I remember correctly, Nick, did you remember twenty twenty four? And he was he was the half at the Bulldogs, wasn't he? that point have a loss Nick sorry yep yep uh, well I'm just it's all good mate <laughs> sorry you fell asleep there just um, no. <laughs> I, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure Forum was at the Bulldogs uh, he was the half there in 2020 or something like that 100% yep. yeah so yeah 5-8 yeah nah big big bust so Nick look you got one more guy one more potential uh, keeper in the pack over there at the Titans who have you got Guys, Bowie Firma, um, I, he was pretty um, big last season. I didn't jump on. I think Mitch jumped on and then he jumped off. Um, he's 700, <laughs> he, he, he was 739K, break even at 51, and he averaged 51.7 last year. He's less than 1% ownership, so he's a massive pod, but I think he's sort of priced perfectly, to be honest. He's extremely durable when he plays the full lady. Um, unfortunately, it's on the left edge because um, I think Stu's going to get into Dave Fafita later, but that right edge seems to be a little bit more potent from a fantasy point of view because he averages 50 on the left in 19 games and 60 on the right in four games, both former, that is. Um, he's 14th in the league, guys, in error rate with 25 errors in 23 games and an error with every 13.4 touches, <laughs> um, courtesy of Rugby League uh, eye tests. Um so I don't know if this is Firma's fault or if it's just um, I playing to some bad Toby ball from Toby Sexton. <laughs> so I'm wondering whether maybe playing next to Fozzer, he'll have a better, um, you know, someone actually digs into the line and maybe get some upside with that potentially. Um, trivia, guys. I mean, for Mitch, because Stuart spoiled it. Uh, who scored more tries in 2022, Mitch, Dave, Fafita or both Firma? Uh, well, I feel like this is an absolute stitch-up, so I'm going to go Bo Firmall, even though David yeah. Fafita won me the family league. <laughs> so Bo Firmall scored 11 tries versus Fafita 7. So I wouldn't have thought that. I just wanted to have a quick look. Um, look, they scored 52% of their tries down the left edge last year, right? So, And that was the most lopsided scoring edge in the entire league. So in terms of left and right-hand size, that was the most lopsided compared to any other team in the league. That makes a lot of sense, though, because who was playing out there? AJ Brimson, who was a good player. Who was on the right-hand side? Toby Sexton, who we now all agree is, is not a good player. Which way is the ball going to go? <laughs> well, yeah, the, the, the right-hand edge was better for fantasy, but... Um, yeah, because yeah, so, they were tackling him. We, they were having to tackle. Everyone's running at Toby. Going to you <laughs> <laughs> with all of the um, with the all the tries being scored down the left edge. I, I don't see much attacking upside for both more to be honest. Um, if he reduces some errors, that's nice. I don't think it's really going to make any dip, any dent. So I've sort of got them as a bust in that sense because I think they're going to go right more this year personally. Yeah. So yeah, I'm busting Bowie unfortunately. Yep, no, agreed. Stu, what have you got, mate? Uh, he, yeah, but both of them was definitely at value. Look, I've just got a couple of guys. Uh, look, I'm going to do a real quick one. Look, let's start off with Jaden Campbell. So I, a few people a few weeks ago before the news about his demotion were having him as a bit of a spicy option. But look, Jaden Campbell, if he's at 14, he's a definite bust. 
and he'll lose a bunch of cash. Look, if for some reason he does start at fullback, for whatever reason, look, I'm great, but he doesn't have necessarily the best base scoring, which is makes sense for a young fullback because he averages 23 in base stats and an equal 23 in attacking stats. So it's pre- pretty comparable to guys like Latrell Mitchell and Ryan Pappenhausen, but both of those players kick goals and Jaden Campbell mm. doesn't. I think the difference in price between him and them is about you know, a, a little bit of pace or size, depending on which one we're talking about, and goal kicking. Now, if Campbell somehow also picks up goal kicking, we can have another discussion, but as it is, he's, he's a bust for me. Uh, yep, so let's move on. Uh, Alofiana Khan Pereira, 250k, 18 break-even, wing full bat. So look, he's looks like a guy you can make some money on. The issue is that Brian Kelly's due back in round four, and even though, look, he's, this guy is apparently the fastest guy on the Gold Coast, which considering what some of the guys sniff up there is pretty damn fast. But he may keep the spot due to talent, but there's absolutely no certainty. So I've got him as really as an avoid. There are other guys at 250 or less than 300 worth getting. I'm thinking Tyrell Sloan, Hayes Perham, some of those other guys would definitely be worth a better shot. So avoid AF, A, AKP. I was about to say AFP, and then I'm like, no, that's not him. All right. Any disagreement on uh, AKP there? Nah, mate, better options. Move on. Excellent. Okay. The guy, another guy I really want to talk about, Aaron Clark. So he's 594K, break even a 41 at hooker. Now, he's a little bit spicy for me as well. He was moved from hooker to lock as a bit of a small forward during 2022, which allowed Aaron Booth to start hooker prior prior to his end of season knee injury. Uh, and he played three games in the role prior to picking up his own meniscus injury in round 22. So he looked good with the ball, hands on the ball and in defense and allowed Tino to move to prop where he's much better suited as Clark's got a much better set of hands and a great motor. So if he's got starts at 13 in round one, he'll pick up DPP. So it'll be a middle hooker, much like Brandon Smith. And more... I see him as a more versatile version of Adam Elliott at that point. And the fact that the club has extended his contract to 2025 and picked up Chris Randall means that they see this guy as their long-term number 13. That's that's the narrative. That's how I'm going with that one. The downside against this narrative is that we've got a three-game sample and the sample's patchy. So he got a 76 against the Broncos, but they were on the way out at that time of the season. Remember how they got trounced on the way yep. out of the finals? He got a 45 against the Raiders and a 32 against the Storm. Though, again, the Titans were trounced by the Storm. On the plus side, he played 55 minutes in all of these games and the Titans, no further depth in the middles. Uh, the down last downside is that the Titans seem to look to just be playing a keeper coach in his job this year. So that might hurt some of his attacking upside. But either way, I reckon that there is like... His break-even's 45. I reckon that there's a high 40s and possibly up to a 50 in him in 55 minutes for Aaron Clark. So I actually have him as a spicy choice up here. I've got him as a boom, but I reckon there's not enough to say he's a boom. I reckon he's spicy. Nick, what do you think about Aaron Clark? Is he of any interest to you? Um, Not really, actually, because... Um uh, you can get cheese for a few K shorter. I think he'll go better. And you've got Tanner Boyd, who's 100K cheaper, who also covers hookers. So 
Um, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll, I'll have to wait and see. Pro probably not, just because 600k is a big chunk. I think you get better value elsewhere potentially. Fair enough. What, what do you project? What are you projecting about fifty? Uh yeah, just shy of fifty. Yeah. Okay, so you're seeing about ten points. Yeah, close to. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I I, I might see. Might have a look see. Well, see how it fits in. That's it. And I, I currently sitting on my bench, but he's one of those ones where he could just slot straight into the starting squad there. How about you, Mitch? Uh, mate, I have him as Chuck a star. There's just too much instability at this Titans team. And really the concern is, I mean, I know that they have a fairly easy start, but they've got a coach with a 30-odd percent win rate. He's going to be making changes if they don't win quickly. And 13 for me at Aaron Clark, uh, I don't know if I can... I can justify it at this price point, though as we go through this, that might change if I'm looking to pick up a cashy. So I, I would want to see at least one or two rounds, and I'd want to be seeing that the Titans were winning games because if they're not, I suspect he'll move out of there pretty quick because he's not a natural block. Fair enough. Well, look, he'll definitely have to stay, stay in the spicy then because I've got no no support to move him upwards either. So look, we'll leave him there. Uh, last guy that we have to talk about in this team. A $1.2 million man. They can rebuild him. David Fafita. So, look. The pros for David Fafita is that his 2021 20, average when playing over 60 minutes was 68.1. Though this was Valandi's ball, right? And his price is 52. And he's one of the most explosive players in the competition. It's pretty simple, right? The downside is that his runner playing 60-minute games has been going down consistently. So he only played two games over 60 minutes in the second half of 2021 and only half the games in 2022. So I think in 2021 he had that rib injury. And yep. yeah, uh, and then 2022. So adding the fact that he hasn't re-signed at the club and if he signs elsewhere, you could be seeing less minutes, I'd be aware. So he's, he's spicy, but he's kind of like that bad spicy. Like, you know, sometimes when, you know, they don't, you go to the Chinese place and uh, they give you the real hot spices and uh, you're there going, ooh, geez, it tastes good, but a bit too hot for me. <laughs> Nick, your thoughts on David Fafita? Mate, I've got a... I think David Fafita is a, a must-buy, potentially. Um, what's his ownership? He's only 4% ownership, so massive pod. Doesn't he average like 60 on the right edge or something? He averages... Yeah, when he plays more than 60 minutes... And he has a decent right edge. I mean, full, full game, full, full game on the right on the right edge. He averages something really nice, doesn't he? Um, you can pull it up, mate. Yeah, he averages around sixty on the right edge. So as far as I'm concerned, I've I've got him in my team for sure. I think he's going to be playing with Tanner Boyd, which is good. He's not going to be playing with Tony Sexton, which is good. He's only twenty-two. I, I see heaps of catalysts for him to be really good this year. So he's he's, he's actually sitting my team right now okay Mitch so I feel the same look look he's not sitting in my team but I feel the same way as Nick and I think you know feather in my own cap I was banging on about this most of last year that the reason he was not very good was because his halfback stunk and uh, I got on him at the end of the season when he had a halfback who could throw a pass um, at the NRL level and and he did quite well and you know, for the Titans to be good, David Fafita has to be good, and he has to play minutes. So, once again, you know, I think Holbrook's coaching career is is on the line, or at least it is at the Titans. Fafita is at least spicy, and I think he's spicy good, not you spicy think, bad. Okay, I, I'm just thinking. I'm not sure whether you guys are drink 
the last four games for David Fafita were good last year. Can I remind you who they were against? So he was against the Seagulls, where they got tuned up 44 to 24, right? Uh, the, the Titans tuned up the Seagulls, so where the Seagulls stunk, right? Uh, there was the Dragons, where the Dragons won 46-26. The uh, 36-26 win against the Knights, and then a 27-26 win against the Warriors in the final round. That That's fair, but they, they played all those teams twice, and he didn't do that in the first first round so and the other thing i'd say to you is the titans start is soft so that's true he's a flat track bully that is a flat track bully and he won't be playing origin i do not think i think he will be you you reckon so yeah so so kate Kate will get dropped or who's getting dropped in there someone like that yeah i think i think you gotta have him on the bench somewhere uh, obviously, he's behind Nani. Like, I- I'm definitely. He had major. That, he had major injury concerns last year. That was the main reason he was left out. And, and confidence and, and, and all this and stuff. Form, he did have his form MCL. wasn't. Yeah, and his form wasn't good because his halfback stunk. He has he has a, a mildly competent halfback now. I think at least for the first eight weeks he's spicy, and then sure as the run stiffens up or Origin comes around, bail out with the uh, you know. He, he he we know he's a 900k player when he starts going so uh, i see i see you know 100k value that's probably the absolute peak but as a nice little vc option not bad no nah, uh the way, it, you, the way you guys I are selling me is what i'm thinking is like you got four rounds to look at him before the buy at which point you can bail out and say okay he's got the buy see you later or you can hang on and say, yeah, this was a good buy. That's why I say you can sort of try and buy him. That's true. It's unlikely. The fortunately, the th- three round rolling average means it's unlikely to drop a hundred grand a week unless he's Tommy Turbo. So, <laughs> well, yeah. remember that from last year? Yeah, last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah people started on a million and it just kept on going down. Anyway, all good. So, uh, look, I will... Okay, David Fafita's... You guys have convinced me a bit. David Fafita is now just spicy. is not sort of bad spicy. So, excellent. The... Uh, Massive pop. 4% ownership. Get on. Come on. Okay. Live a little. Well, look, I, it will d- definitely be our spiciest boy this week. Uh, and it sounds like you're keener on him than Aaron Clark, which is very interesting. Yeah, he's a better player. He's definitely a better player. So... <laughs> Now, no, well, like, no, to be the, fair, like, you resigned, get more, if you're a good player, you get more stability, right? Now, question for you. Would this change if either A, if he signed with the Raiders before the start of the season, would your opinion of picking up David Fafita change? Yes, I'd be worried. Mitch? Maybe, maybe I'd be worried, but then also if I was the Titans, I'd flog him like a... I'd flog the horse and get my cash out of him because he's not my player next year. <laughs> yeah, but who, yeah, who's going to take a spot, Stu? Play, no, play, play, play 90 no one, minutes, no one, David. Play 100 minutes. No one, I don't care. There's no one on their team that can play edge. Have a look at their bench. There's no one. Joel, yeah. That's no, not great. Isaac, <sighs> he's for you. Fine. Nah, he's in middle. Joe Stimson, he can't. Joe Stimson. Can he uh, move side to side or not? I don't know. Nah, Joe, Joe Stimson is yeah is actually probably the accurate answer to that one. So, yeah, that's it. You're playing David for Peter Big Minutes. Uh, the last, okay, so that's the good one. The second question is, if Justin Holbrook, if he was had the full confidence of the board meeting come out from the chairman, right, and you know, he's on the outer, would you still be worried about him then? 
no, about David. No, well, I think we spot. just worked. I think we just worked out. You can't really replace him with a competent NRL player on the age. Excellent. Okay. Cool. So fair enough. Very spicy. Uh, he, he's probably just a little bit too expensive for me to be a boom, but definitely spicy. That, or, I agree with that totally. If he was seven hundred k, he'd be a boom. But seven seventy, that's expensive. That's it. You got to make enough money for him to be worth as much as Cam Murray. To but we know, to we know his upside. It's like a hundred points. We know that. Like he has that. That's true. And first five, first four rounds again, Nick. Who are they against? Uh, give me a sec. Tigers, uh, Dragons, Tigers, Storm, Cows. Oh, actually, you will get an accurate result then, because he it's yeah, not you'll just know what soft. he said. Yeah, no, yeah. I got it. Excellent, and he's got that soft run too. Dragons, Broncos, Dolphins. So you could even get on at that point when he smashes up a few teams in a row. Okay, totally very spicy. Definitely keen. Moving okay. on. Yep, definitely moving on. So guys, ladder. So how do you reckon these Titans are going to finish? So look, I I have them as fifteenth. I reckon it's it's not going to be the best year for uh, the boys on the Gold Coast, and Justin Holbrook will be gone. Nick, I've got the ninth. <laughs> oh, ninth? sandwich. Sandwich four to one odds on nah, that. No, nah, I'm not. Four to I'm one. Not confident. Ten I'm to not one. Confident. Nah, I'm not confident. I just, I just have a feeling they'll be better this year. I Nine. like the spine. Okay, no. Nah, I duked out the spine with Stu. The soul of my firstborn on that. <laughs> I'm good. Might be ginger, mate. Anyway, no, move on. Anyway, <laughs> so Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. We apologise to our ginger listeners out there. We do. Sorry, John. Sorry, John. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, Mitch, what have you got them coming in as, mate? I I actually did my entire ladder and I had to put the the Titans 13th because there are four teams worse, but um, they're not going to be good, boys. Sorry to say. Fair enough. There are bad teams this year, guys. There are. I promise you, there are bad teams. I I am not looking forward to this season because there are a lot of bad teams. Look, I've got the Warriors and the Dolphins below them just as like a personal side here. I don't... Look, they could finish. Look, they're bottom eight, definitely. They could could finish. I wouldn't mind if they finished 11th or 10th, but I don't think they come more than 10th. No, I'm looking at the ladder. There's no way. No. There's just no way. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, and uh, side bet, guys. Does Justin Holbrook make the season, Nick? No way. No chance. Mitch? He survived three seasons, and I can't see any obvious replacements. <laughs> that's true. I'm not uh, putting any money yeah, on that's it. That's a good oh. point. That's a good point. There's not many other coaches going around. No. Isn't that, isn't, that why, isn't that why Hook's still at St. George? It's like, geez, better the devil we know. That's it. There's, there's really this shame... <laughs> There's no more Penrith assistants left, boys. Yeah, let's bring it. Let's, yeah, because that worked out so well for the Bulldogs the first time. Let's bring in the attacking guru, Chuck Barrett. Yep. Worst attack in the league. Well done, boys. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I must say, we watched a bit of a video on the... Look, let's get to the Bulldogs because we're about to get to them now, yeah. okay? Let's do that. So, anyway, so moving on, guys. Look, the, that's where we are with the Titans. We'll be publishing out our thoughts about them shortly. Their thought is that they stink. <laughs> and also about the players too, mate. Stop giving me a hard time. All right, so we've got the Bulldogs. So, guys, uh, Bulldogs, quick thoughts from you, Mitch, uh, knowing that Emma's probably never going to listen to this around the Look, Bulldogs in 2022. How, how did they go? 
Gen- generally, she's sitting next to me when I do this, but she's she's holed up in the bedroom. So, yep, she's not going to hear this one. Um, so, as far as the additions, Stu, or just my general? No, no just general last year, oh, like, like, like 2022. Talk about, the, talk about the most disappointing team of 2022. Like, I don't like the Bulldogs, but I love to hate them. And you can't hate a team that sucks that badly. So, I, I really hope that this is their year. Uh, they've certainly signed enough players to make it so. I just hope that their their new coach can bring it all together because they definitely have the talent. My big thing is, though, that they're still not bringing, as the best teams in the league are, they're still not bringing through that grassroots talent or certainly not as much as we'd like, and it's sort of on the back of big signings. Um, but I, I find it hard to believe that they won't be a much, much more competitive team because the Bulldogs we saw towards the end of the season was an improved unit and they've got rid of some of their absolute duds. I mean, gee, without getting into it, Matt Dufty's gone. That's that's not so bad. Um, and obviously, uh, Trent Barrett got run out of town. So, uh, look, uh, it has Mitch, to be a better year for the Bulldogs. T- take us through the team losses there, mate. Who did they lose in the end? Yep, so they've lost Corey Allen uh, to the Roosters. Matt Dury's gone off to the Eels. Matt Dufty somehow got himself a contract to the Warrington Wolves. They must be thin. Uh, Jack Hetherington uh, off to the Newcastle Knights. Josh Jackson retired. I, I feel bad that he, he didn't get to have, you know, a few good few good years to finish with the Dogs because he really was uh, a workhorse. Um, Jeremy Marshall King to the Dolphins. Brent Naden to the West Tigers. Yeah, that's a good signing, Tigers. Aaron Shoup to the Gold Coast Titans. Joe Stimson to the Titans. And... Paul Vaughan, who I actually think is a loss, not as far as uh, a culture, cultural character, but he, he definitely is a good forward. He's off to the Warrington Wolves. Yeah. Just quick aside, Matt Dufty, huge impact for the Warrington Wolves. Like, like so they the, can't tackle in England. The, that's It must be, mate, because I'll tell you now, he's carving it up over there. Right? And, and what will happen, like Nathan Brown, who appears to be, you know, the, a, a generational transcendent coach in, in England, is they'll be tricked into re-signing him and he'll be trash again <laughs> fair enough okay nick additions what's happening with the addition? who have they added um, brandon clark um andrew davey sam hughes don't know who he is uh viliama kickout we all know who he is reed marnie uh joseph o'neill Who's Joseph O'Neill? No, the, the, the guys who don't have a club next to them have just been signed from the uh from the feeder clubs Oh, yeah, yeah. Franklin Pelle, Hayes Perrin from the Paramount Eels, Jacob Preston, and Ryan Satin from the uh, Canberra Raiders. So, bloody awesome guys to have in your team, I think, guys. Yep. And, and look at some Absolutely. of those big contracts, boys. Viliami Kikau, 2026. Reid Marnie, 20. Phil Gould knows how to sign a long, bloody contract. Matt Burton resigned to 2027. Oh, gee. Oh, nice. Big Jeez. boy contracts coming out of the Bulldogs at the moment. Yeah, they've really gone in all screen. in, though. Who is your biggest gain, Stu? Mate, my biggest gain, I'm changing it. I had Remani. It's Because uh, Jeremy Marshall King was okay. It's Viliama Kikau. And the reason why I have that is because Kikau is one of those guys where defensively, like in 2020, he wasn't great. He lost to them to the final. But 2021, 2022, he, just, he, he obviously took away whatever that was and he started shutting down that edge from attack. So... Uh, people just wouldn't run near him because he was just tackling them to death. So I, I would say kick out because it also free up Matt Burton. Imagine how much time Matt Burton will have on his hands because the people have got to worry about kick out running the inside line. Uh, do you agree, Mitch? You got kick out? 
No, I have I have Reed Marnie just because Kikau has too many uh, stupid moments in him. Yeah, I, I think he's put a lot of those away, but I do get your point. Yeah, Nick, how about you, mate? No, I agree with you, Stu. Um, Matty Burden, he's uh, what is he six four or something? Hmm. You got big Matty Burden running out here with um, Kikau running the inside line. I totally agree with you, Stu. That's it, and. Uh, yeah, especially, and then outside of it, you have Addo Carr waiting for the quick ball on the outside. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Okay, so the next one is the biggest loss. Look, I th- think it's pretty easy for us to say Joshy Brent Jackson. Brent Naden. Definitely, no, Brent Naden. <laughs> Brent Naden. <laughs> no, okay. we all agree, Josh Jackson. Let's move on. Excellent. Okay, Mitch, can you take us through injuries and suspensions? Yep, so we've got Bailey. Oh, gee. BBO, I'm, I just barely beyond the Odo. Yeah, it's it's not it's not happening. The, the, these poly names are going to be the death of me. Uh, ACL <laughs> round twenty three uh, with that hip drop tackle. Said it again. Uh, said it once. Going to say it again. It's nine month recovery, guys, in the NRL, uh, which again has him placed around May, uh, probably the latter half. So sort of rounds eleven through thirteen. Uh, ACLs, they always have a down year the first year they're back so I certainly wouldn't expect him to be the same man he was with uh, Bailey's position there will be a bit of a drop in minutes and roll for at least the first three weeks uh, and probably more than likely a number 14 role to start off with him which you know as a fantasy implication sort of brings in Farmono Brown uh, Matt Burton this is a, probably the one that's a little bit more interesting uh, ankle cleanup so given the fact it was postponed you know immediately no major concerns with what injury matt was uh sort of dealing with it's most likely an arthroscope so just a clean out of the cartilage at the front of his ankle um and and i say that because we didn't have any major news of of a significant injury in the area it has a great prognosis for recovery and uh if you're looking to pick him up round one i don't think the ankle will be an issue uh going forward this year that said, he goes down with it again. My radar would start to go up, but at least for round one, I, I would consider him to be a pretty safe pickup. Yeah, let's speak of Maddie Burton. I like I, I posted a video from their website a little while back around them getting back into training, and part of it was around yeah he was involved in all of the reps for everything for that. So it looks like he's a okay. So uh, thank you, Bulldog Social Media, for actually becoming a useful functionality for once. It looks like they've also borrowed the Panthers' preseason production team. Uh, look, moving on, Nick, strength of schedule, buy rounds, and ratings. How are you looking for the Bulldogs, Nick? Boys, they have the the buys around 13, 17, and 23. Overall, I've got them as the fourth easiest schedule, guys, the third easiest for the first rounds 1 to 12. The fifth hardest, rounds 13 to 20, and the eighth hardest, round 21 to 27. So the easiest stretch in the first um, block is rounds 9 to 12, before the round 13 bias. So the Dragons away, Raiders home, Warriors home, and the Titans home. Um, and they have another easy-ish pocket. So I try and look for easy stretches here and there. They have another easy pocket, round 18 to 22, before the round 23 buy. With round 18, they have the Knights home. Round 19, they have Rabbitohs away. That's not good, obviously. And the Broncos home around 20. And um, round 21, they got the Panthers away. But then round 22, they got the Dolphins home. So it's a couple of doozies, but, you know, a lot of easy stuff in there with the Knights, Broncos, and Dolphins sprinkled through. Um, only terrible stretch is round one and two, which is the Seagulls away and the Storm away. I think in my calculations, I think I've got the Seagulls pretty good. That's obviously contingent on Turbo. So 
Um, the run home isn't terrible after the round 23 bye. So round 24, they got the Knights away, then the Raiders away, the Seagulls home, the Titans away. So really that could be easy or hard depending upon how the injuries go, I suppose. The teams that have twice, guys, they've got the Eels, the Knights, the Rabbitohs, the Raiders, the Seagulls, the Sharks, the Titans, and the Warriors. Um, so the only nasty teams there, guys, the Sharks, I'd say. The Rabbitohs, pretty nasty, and potentially the Eels or Seagulls, depending on how they turn out. Um, overall, it isn't too nasty, um, as they don't have the Storm, the Panthers, or the Roosters twice, so that's always a good thing. Um, I'd back some of their scoring players to go pretty well early with a good off-season. Uh, with Cameron Serraldo and a few World Cup stars compared to some other teams. Um, fairly juicy run home. So we'll get me looking at their guns for the um, season-long keepers. But that round 23 buy is pretty gross, guys, for that, round, for that run home. I don't like that. I don't, but still, if you're talking about head-to-head time, round 24 Knights, round 25 Freighters, okay, not great. Round 26 Eagles, and look, I think the Eagles would be pretty shocking this year. So... I reckon that's a pretty easy game. And then 7-27 Titans. Yeah, I reckon some head-to-head leagues, they'll be happy to have some Bulldogs in there. I, I agree. I think I think the Seagulls, just quickly, I think they could be terrible or they could be awesome. It's just, it's just a lottery. We don't know. That's true. Uh, I think they're one injury away from the slide start. <laughs> Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. What is their round? What is predicted start? Starting seventeen looking like now, Stu? Now look, this isn't up to date because we've actually had some news come out since then, right? So the big news for this one is uh, obviously Maddie Burton's on his extension, but the other big one is that Jake Averill has apparently been uh, playing on the at right center, and uh, Hayes Perham has been doing first team reps at fullback. So that's that's a bit of news. So we have Hayes Param at one, uh, which has moved Jacob Kraz uh, to the wing alongside Josh Adokar. We have Braden Burns on the left-hand side, who's actually pretty interesting because he'll be playing between Josh Adokar and Kikau on what is possibly the new best left-hand side in the comp. Uh, so uh, along with Jake Avarillo in the centres, we then have Matt Burton and Kyle Flanagan in the halves. We have Max King and Luke Thompson as prop. Reed Marnie at nine. Kikau and uh, RFM I've got at uh, on the edges and Ryan Sutton at 13. And look, I've got on the bench Tavita Pangai Jr., Andrew Davey, uh, Franklin Peely, and uh, New Brown as the utility. So, but obviously, look guys, a lot of new players and a new coach. Could be a lot of changes between now and then. So, uh, looking at these guys, Mitch, let's talk about the most interesting guy we could talk about today, uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. I know that every year there's always some interest in Pangai since, well, I think I got interested in 2020. So, he's, he's been of interest for a while now. What do you think about Tavita Pangai, Mitch? Yeah, Pengai Jr., 593k, 41.5 average for 2022 and 11% ownership. It was certainly an underwhelming year for Pengai last year. And and I thought, Stu, certainly from an eye test, particularly when we went up to Magic Round, uh, he lacked those barnstorming explosive runs, which we're used to. Hmm. I feel, and we found this out later, that he was hindered by a lower back sort of slash discal injury uh, that he was suffering for at least a period of, you know, two to three months. And then... Pretty well for the rest of the season. 
This is probably what caused a decrease in minutes, fitness. I mean, a few times we just saw him sort of crouch down, um, really struggling to, to keep on going. Uh, and really, the only reason he was able to have any type of score throughout the season was the offload points were increased because he was able to get a lot of those offloads that he normally does to hand. And I think that sort of kept his uh, price as high as it did, though we did see a bit of a dip. Um, at at present, I would suspect just natural time of healing for TPJ, given we haven't heard any surgical news, uh, is likely that his back injury has now recovered. And there's a fairly low risk that that's going to recur. Um, we should expect that with a preseason behind him and all the extra training he did for his boxing, that he's going to be pretty much as good a shape as we've seen him since, you know, 2019-20. And uh, back to that sort of player that can sort of literally run over um, opposition defenders. And I'm sure Jamie Sauer is lucky he doesn't have to defend against TPJ. Um, at this price, he's very hard to resist. Um, the main issue for me, Stu, is if he is coming off the bench, there is a, a minutes issue. And then the other thing with TPJ is that he's a suspension or, you know, um, no fault stand down, st stand down uh, risk. So I, I and, and, you know, that's with absolute respect. Please don't sue me, but he certainly is that sort of character. So I can't afford to jump on the pain train again. I just can't go there. But he's an interesting pick and I've actually listed him here, boys, and I'm happy to put this to the table. I've listed him as spicy. Nick? Um... What do you even what do you think, Stu? What do you even project to that? I, I can't get a handle on his minutes personally. That's where I'm at. Is that until I get a, I kind of did a bit of a rundown below, right? The hardest the hardest thing about this team is that there's there's a lot of new ground here, right? The new coach, bunch of new forwards. So we got um, Ryan Sutton joining the team. So, and I'm looking here. I've like I've got so I'm thinking. Look, we got Luke Thompson, Max King. We have TPJ, we got uh, RFM, uh, Mariner. So we have Sutton, we have Davey, Kikau, and we got either a Chris Patolo or Franklin Peely, right? So we've got a ton of players looking for minutes in this pack. Uh, I've got question marks over them all. So it really depends. Like, the big one for me is that if TPJ starts on an edge... If he wins that edge spot, right, on the other side to kick out, I'm on TPJ, right? Because I'm thinking that the, the average, I've got to project it around, he'd get around 60 minutes or so, 65. He'll, he could even move to the middle and let Davey come on at some point, but he'll still play those middle minutes. He'll pick up the DPP and he'll make a ton of money because he'll, he'll be running at the small boys, right? He already is a DPP, mate. Yeah. Oh, sorry. He, here's the DPP, but like he'll actually get the use out of it too. So I, mm. I, I, I'm very interested in him if he's there. If it's Mariner on that edge, and instead it's uh, TPJ uh, coming off the bench, or even at lock, I'm not as keen. So I, I think it's a bigger bought on Pangai Junior. So I'm really looking for him to start on the edge. So that that's that's what I'm looking for, and the fact that he's looking so fit. Like I was watching that preseason video, I was looking for every single chance to look at TPJ to see whether he's fit or not because he's actually looking really well. Hopefully, his head's in the right place then, huh? That's well. To be honest with and you, and that's that's the big question. He mark spent with. time with Sonny Bill Williams in the off season, right? There's a guy who knows how to prepare like a professional, right? That's true. And then you've added a guy like Kickout who's knows how to act like a professional, like coming into onside him if he's going to play on the edge. Like here's how you go about business.
So, I don't know. Anyway, I'm definitely interested. I just want to see that first trial where he lines up in that first team list Tuesday. So, that yeah, definitely spicy for me. Nick? I've got him penciled in for 55 minutes at a 0.88 ppm, sort of that middle roll, which means projection around 48. So, a little bit of value, but not much. That's sort of how I'm seeing it. Fair enough. Well, and to be honest with you, it's hard to find value in that middle roll this year. Like something I've been finding, middle's one of the hardest spots to fill for value. Agreed. So, so you look, need to go gun or, yeah. So even a guy's got eight or nine points of value in him, could be worth a look at our books. But definitely for me, if he starts on that edge, he'll get a lot of minutes. And that's where I'm definitely interested. Here's a question for you, Stu. Do you see more value in Aaron Clark or Pangai Jr. considering there's only 1K difference in price? Uh, Aaron Clark natively, uh, unless Pengai Jr. does lock down that edge roll. If mm. if you put TPJ on the edge for seventy minutes, it is Pengai Jr. But the risk is higher with Pengai Jr. That it for could a get variety shuffled. of reasons. That's it. Well, often he got he got shuffled in. That he used up three or four um, interchange cards last year. Some some games. Right, he'd come on for twenty minutes and then go off again, and then come back on. His fitness was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah, though I think it will be better this year. He he's looking a lot better. That that boxing stuff that he's doing, I put the photo down below. He's looking pretty well done then, and he looked very impressive in that fight. All right, uh, let's let's speak about some other guys. Nick, another guy that we really want to look at here, Matty Burton. What do we think about Matt? Oh, Matty Burton. Okay, okay. Uh, sit down and relax and enjoy this one, ladies and gentlemen. Matty Burton. 718k, he's a half, so he's lost his DPP. He's got break-even of 50, which is what he averaged last year, and he's 12.4% ownership. So he's just an overall stud. We love him. The eye test, he passes it. Um, he had a purple patch, six-game um, streak last year. We averaged 70 from rounds 9 to 14. Uh, we averaged 61 from round 8 to 2021 in the bigger sample size. So really, he's got stud written all over him. <clears throat> so his last four games, he really faded out, guys, averaging just around 33. At the back end of the season, he played with a little bit of origin. Um, it's just a long season. The dogs were out. So um, I'm, I'm sort of discounting those four games from my projection this year. In terms of goal kicking, which I think he'll keep um, he kicked two goals per game last year, but I took a little bit of a deep dive here because I'm a sicko. So he was 50 of 69 at 72.5%, right? But he only kicked in 21 of the 24 games he played. So really, he kicked in the games he was kicking, kicked 2.4 goals per game. Um, so that's almost an extra point in him just kicking goals for the entire season, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, he also kicked 2.4% below his expected success rate based upon try location and his past kicking history. So therefore, I'm penciling him in for about 75% kicking rather than 72.5%. So where I'm building here is the Bulldogs, guys, were second last in tries scored last year with only 68 I think the Storm scored 121. So they're like, <laughs> I almost scored half the amount of tries as the best attacking team in tries last year. They only won 17 and lost 17 games, which really does surmise a very stinky 2022. Um, as we are all agreeing that Doggies will be better with a better coach, an upgraded roster, we see the Doggies scoring up to 30% more tries this year, around 85 tries, which is comparable to last year's Seagulls, Titans, and Broncos attack. 
but worse than the Sharks and Raiders. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, that's fair. Therefore, I think you can project Burton's goals per game to be approximately 3.2, up from two last year. So you've already got some numbers there, just um, naturally. So in terms of attack, a revamped left edge with Kikau, and uh, who do you think's on the left edge? You think it's going to be Burns? Yes, Stu. Yep. So he would certainly see Burns attack. Um, uh, Burton's attacking stats rise from. So he had about seventeen points in attacking stats last year. I think he'll move up into the range of other five eights like Dylan Brown and Jerome Luai around twenty to twenty one. So in, in total, I sort of see his average from rounds twenty-one. I mean, rounds one to twenty-one. So excluding those stinky games at the end of the year, we average fifty-three point seven. I'm adding in two and a half points in goals. I'm adding in four attacking points. So I think he'll average around sixty, and I think that's a really fair conservative projection. So I've got him as an absolute boom. He's in my team uh, despite losing the DPP. Any objections, Stu? Uh, uh, Mitch, I want to pass it to you first, mate. What are you thinking about that? I love the stats. I'm just not 100% sold on the Bulldogs. And at 718K, I just don't see the money there at the moment unless the Bulldogs take off. So really, what you're doing is you're banking on two things. Number one, their strength of schedule, which I, I do like, is soft. And then number two, that the Bulldogs will be a significantly better team than last year. I'm a little bit nervous about the first one. Um, so I personally don't have him as a boom at 718K. But I think he's like a chucker star and a star player. Like if the Bulldogs come out the gate round one and they look the ducks nuts, then I'd probably get on him. Hmm. I'm just having a look at their schedule here. So the good thing I like about it is that he doesn't... He has the buys early. And I'm not sure that he'll play Origin. The reason why I'm not sure is because... I don't think so either. If Latrell. Turbo and Latrell are fit, and he's I'll a left centre, and they'll go with Luai again, so he'll be in the squad. Agreed. But he'll play. So I would say, if that being the case, he's unlikely to play. The downside is, I'm just thinking here. Uh, the round seventeen twenty three. The round twenty three buy is not great, but it's not critical. I don't head to head. If you're a head to head player, it's not the best, but it's not terrible. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm very interested in Matt Burton. I've got him in my side, along with Jackson Hastings and Nathan Cleary. Whether they all stay there is another question because that's a lot of cash to have in three halves. But look, I, I'm certainly very interested in Matt Burton because I think they will be a better team this year. They'd have to be a but much better team, though. Look at the guys they oh, lost. Oh, hold on. Seriously. Uh, 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 no, I, I'll, I'll argue that point that they've got to be a better team. So I'll, I'll take you back to uh, Adam Dewey, who's been at the West Tigers, who've been shocking for the last few years. He's been able to crack a 60 average in some years, even though he's been on a shocking team. Because he's drinking all the milkshake and he's he's added some attacking stats as well as base stats. Well, we, we don't think he's going to get any less milkshake with the current half situation with Flanagan. So I think it's fair to say he's going to keep drinking the same milkshake. But I see upside with his attacking being with a better team, which means more tries, more try assists, more line breaks, more line break assists. It, and you've got Billy Kikau next to you. 718 is pretty high, though, already. Like, like you'll really have to take off. Yeah. Though, remember, the prices have increased on average now that there's a $10 million salary cap. So, mate, inflation. It, it's last year's year 600K. 
Is it? Oh, okay, much. hang on. Hang on a minute. F- 50 average. Oh, last that, that, is 630, that, that, 650. Okay, that changes my opinion a little bit. 650. Then, because I can see easy 100K there. Yeah. So, uh, right. the just have a look here. The other interesting news was uh, Phil Gould was doing what Phil Gould does and uh, talking up a whole bunch of players. So, he, he was basically uh, talking up the fact that uh, other players might see time in first grade at half. So... We'll see how that one goes. Seriously? Oh my yeah. god! That's it. Uh, that's for Flanagan's spot, not for, obviously for Burton. Yeah, so. just play him out though. Oh my god! Anyway, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, oh, look, if they were going to play him out, they'd have Flanagan's a better goal kicker than Burton, right? Hands down. Flanagan's probably one of the best goal kickers in the comp, but they're not getting him to kick I goals. Don't, no, I, I don't think that's true, Stu. I don't I don't think the stats bear that out. I uh, I think they do, and I definitely think he's a better I'll find, goal kicker I'll find, than Burton. I'll find it. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, anyway. move on. I'll find it. Easy. Okay. Uh, moving on, I'll pick up one of the boys here. So I have, look, I'm going to do a real quick one on Ryan Sutton because it's a big question mark, right? I want to watch Ryan Sutton the preseason because he's 491k, 34 break even as a middle. The reason is because he has a, a good ability to score well and play big minutes when given the chance. He's priced at 34. And if he does get the lock roll, he averages 43.5 when playing 40 minutes or more. And 49.2 when playing over 50 minutes in, in in a middle role. So if he gets big lock minutes, he's a big boom. The issue is I just, I'm not sure whether he gets those minutes or not, fellas. So we're going to have to wait till we get some news out of the Bulldogs camp, all those preseason games, till we work out where Ryan Sutton is. So for me, he's a spicy choice until we know otherwise. But I reckon there is, like, there's almost no one in that range between four and 600 greens in middles you want to own. Ryan Sutton could be it. Yeah, he's tempting. The, the scary thing, as you said, is that TPJ could, could potentially take his place as well. Like, if TBJ looks looks good, I think he'll play the minutes. And that's that's why a lot of these Bulldog players are a little bit of a, an uncertain entity because there are a lot of there are a lot of good players there now. They really are. Oh. Um, if the big question is, uh, will they gel, number one? That's important. And then the second one is, who is going to rise to the top out of out of this crop of players? Yeah. Anyway. Oh, there, there's, oh, there's a lot of alphas in this pack. That's what I'm saying. It's like Luke Thompson in there. Like, he's a good player. He can play big minutes. Max King, we know, can play big minutes, right? TPJ can play. RFN. All these guys can play. They're all good. They're actually almost too stacked. So that's why I'm concerned about owning any of them. Uh, look, I'll bring out the next guy real quick, just while Nick's still looking up his thing. I've got Jake Avarillo here. Now... Good thing about Jake Avrilo, he's uh, 372k, uh, 26 break even, wing fullback slash center DPP. So uh, Jake Avrilo could be tempting with 26 in DPP, but he's only averaging around 30 at fullback from last season, though I reckon he will grow into the role. So look, low 30s, you know, mid 30s is possible. The issue is at right center, he's a no-go because he, he averages in the high 20s to the low 30s in that spot. So I guess we can look out for him if he does get to the fullback slightly as the team tries to work out. They have just signed Steve Grunt for 2024, so we know that the fullback role is only for this year. So they might chop and change. It's not like they're trying to build long-term combinations, right, guys? Yeah, that's exactly right. They're just looking for someone to get the job done by the look of it. That's and it. Jake Avarillo is a classy player. He's just probably not an NRL-level fullback. Yeah, that's. I think he's just been thrown into the role because he was. He's got skills. May as well use them, right? That's right. He's one of their better players, and you know, 
when you don't have the right man for the job, just best to give it to someone who's a good player who, who can make something happen. And, and Jake showed that a couple of times last year. That's it. Now, Nick, have you, have you found that who's the better goal kicker between Flanagan and Burton? You're right, mate. You're right. You're right. Uh, Burton, 72%. Flanagan, 80%. Yeah. That's it. I, I thought so because he, he's actually pretty much a gun like at goal kicking Flano. He's just, yeah, I know. But he was kicking for the Roosters who were scoring stupid amounts of tries on the sticks, I remember. So, anyway. Oh, he, but he was scoring from out wide. So, anyway, it's all good. Uh, and anyway, the last thing about Jake Everillo, just putting back on there, he's very similarly priced to Chance Nickel Clockstad, to Hamaso Tabuo Fido, or even the cheapie like uh, Talao or Isaac Thompson. So... Okay, uh, Nick, who else have you got on your list, mate, for the Bulldogs? Um, I look at Hayes Perham, actually. So if he stepped to be in the wing fullback, 298k with a break-even of 21, which is what he averaged in 2022. So he's 4% ownership, which I'm sure is climbing for when I wrote this down. So honestly, I've never watched him or heard of him before. I thought he was um, Hayes Dunstar when I first saw his name, but then I Hayes Perham. So he averages 45.8 in seven games at fullback and reserve grade last year with about 50% base and 50% attacking. Um, also, he's up to now 5.4% ownership now, so he's increasing on the back of everyone chatting about him. Um, so per game, guys, his stats were about 150 metres, 0.3 tries per game, 1.3 tries per game, and about 3.5 tackle busts per game. Uh, I watched him, there's not much on YouTube, but he's got a nice right foot step. He's quick, can pass, can run, and he's got a nice grubber in him uh, towards the corner so he can get some um, post, uh, dropouts, which is a nice little extra couple of stats um, each game. So it kind of reminds me of like a more skillful um, chance or clock stab. So if he's fullback, I think he's definitely worth the flyer. He's in my team at the moment, so I definitely got him as a boom player, assuming he gets the fullback role. Um, as a strong ball carrier. Um, Qu- question for yeah, you, Nick. Stu- Do you have him yep. in your st- in your starting 13, your starting 17, or somewhere in your emergencies? Nah, starting. Yeah, I'm going light in the wing fullbacks at the moment. Ooh, very spicy. Mitch, Hayes Perham, looking at that, would you be interested? Boom. Yep. Look, break even starting 21, playing the fullback, and he doesn't look like he's a nugget. So, yeah, me too. Uh, boom from me. All right, Nick, who else have you got there? Because you've got a couple more boys, mate. Uh, let's get on to Billy Kickow, guys. 651K is an edge. Break even of 45, which is what he averaged in 2022. Almost 3% ownership. He's never really been all that fantasy relevant, I don't think. Um, I don't, personally, I don't see why he'd be any different from his Penrith role. Um, I don't see any value. He, he averages um, 0.57 PPM the second row from 2018, 19, yeah. 20, and 21. So, yeah, it's not great. I don't I don't see any catalyst there, even with Burton there, because he had Lua. It, there's just no point. Just don't bother with kick-out, guys. Andrew Davey, pretty much the same thing. Just wait until TLT, guys, with Andrew Davey, um, just to see what happens with this edge spot if it goes to RFM or TPJ. Um, if he gets a starting spot, he could be worth a look at 0.54 ppm. Um We'll wait and see on that one. And I'll just finish myself off with um, uh, Jacob Karaz. Jacob Karaz, 563K. I'll have to snip that one out. <laughs> with the break even of 39. 
1.2% ownership. We loved him last year. I know Mitch really loved him. So oh. he's firming up to the right center spot. Is that correct, Stu? Uh, no, right wing. Uh, Braden Burns. Right wing, okay. Uh, uh, Braden Burns, left center. Jake Averillo, right center. That's, that's good. You want him running the ball back. He, he's a hard, tough runner of the ball who likes to make tackle breaks. But, you know, I think, Nick, basically what you're going to say here is there's no more value left. And there's not really at 563. Nah, there's there's no there's no value on the wing. If he was playing center, we'd be interested. But since he's firming at the wing, so at center he averages nearly forty nine, right? But at wing he averages thirty four. So just don't bother with Jacob Kraz, guys. So, yeah, do you have anything else, Mitch? No, mate. I think he's an awesome player, but unfortunately he's peaked in fantasy. Um, so I'll just have to enjoy watching him play for the Bulldogs as opposed to having him on my fantasy team, and that's fine. Fair enough. Easy. Uh, RFM, Mitch. Uh, look. I know we've been talking a few forwards. What do we think about RFM? Yeah, so for Tyler Mariner, 560K, 39.2 average for 2022, less than 1% ownership. Look, just starting off, he did an amazing job and and the medical staff at the Bulldogs to recover from what I felt was potentially a career-ending injury. Uh, Was unable to get the level of minutes and play that we have seen in previous seasons up until the last, you know, two to three weeks. And uh, I would suggest that's more than likely due to two factors. The first one is a total absence of a preseason. And then the second one is it was a significant injury that that had a couple of mishaps and they were likely just trying to ease him into the season. RFM is known to be a big minute player. And uh, he once he was able to get those minutes up at the end of the last season, his points did start to pick up. But because of that injury and because of the lack of uh, preseason, I do feel like some of those tackle busts and attacking stats were down. Probably the biggest issue with RFM is, while he is a big minute player, my biggest concern again with him is going to be that you've got so many alphas on this team that could potentially take his role. It's sort of, mm. and, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if they kind of work this on a rotation to keep all these guys really uh, explosive and healthy uh, throughout the game. Like I sit here and just hear you guys talking and really what would make the most sense with this type of team is just to make sure you know, each of them are coming on as fresh, tough, and nasty as they can to give uh, some of these backs like Burton and Karaz plenty of space and add Okar. So, you know, I had RFM as a spicy, but he could actually potentially be a bust because I just don't see the minutes in anyone uh, forward in this team. So, uh, you know, I'm interested to hear what both uh, yourself, Stu, and Nick have to say about that because I am really concerned about the minutes. And, and without the minutes, I don't think he's, he's, a, he's worth any sort of look in. Ah, uh, look, mate. I totally agree. The it's hard to know with RFM. Just like with TPJ, I've been struggling with that whole thing, right? I'm just like, yeah. If everyone gets 55 minutes, then no one's worth buying, right? That's like, right. We've got Andrew Davey in there too, also competing for an edge spot. Who has actually looked Dude, okay? I've got the exact same thing. Exact same. 55 minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no other number that makes sense for the type of players they are. Uh, yeah, and at that point, none of them are worth owning. No, but the Bulldogs will be a scary team. <laughs> oh, they'll be. Imagine, oh, who's come on? TPJ. Oh, great. Who's after him? Ryan Sutton. Oh, great. Oh, Kikau's off. Oh, that's great. Oh, it's TPJ <laughs> back on again. Oh, it's Andrew Davey. Oh, that's not oh, too Luke bad. Thompson. Yeah, yeah, it's a nightmare. That's it. Who's coming on in the middle? Yeah, so, yeah, they're going to bash a lot of teams this year. They're, they feel very much like they're the prototype eels from a couple of years ago. All right. Uh, okay. Makes sense there. Here. So, 
we'll have to wait and see on RFM, I think. But yeah, he could well be a must. Look, I've only got one left, which is Reed Marnie. He's actually another guy who's who's a little bit of a victim of previous history. So look, Reed's in a new club, new infrastructure around him. Now, on the plus side, you've got a young fit hooker with a bit of a kicking game, a bit of pace. Now, Valini's bubble, he had an average of 61, and he compared it to his price of, 60, of 45, and you think, well, look, there's a lot of value there. And the full pack is great at the dogs, but so was the one at Para. The only difference is there may be more work for Reed to do because at Parramatta, especially last year, once they knew he was going, his job was to distribute the ball to Dylan Walker and Mitchell Moses, right? He got into dummy half, he passed the ball, and he then made tackles. He, he really, he almost stopped running last year. Like, just his run well, per game went way down. And you look at the two players that the Bulldogs have in their halves in Burton and Flanagan, you just feel like Reed may be having to take a bit more of their ball-playing role on. And I can see him sort of in and around the ruck, 10 metres out, sort of darting out and popping a quick ball to one of these um, terrors that they've got in the second row. So it might be an increase, not only in try assists, but possibly, um, you know, tackle break assists and, and potentially tries of his own. Because, And here's the other thing, Stu. Uh, no one's taking minutes off him. Well, that's my question because uh, New Brown, right, is likely to be the 14. And he is a guy who can play some hooker minutes. He can uh. play, he's a utility. And so that's where my question is like, I'm here, like, because he can't play more minutes. Certainly, he averaged 77 last year. And look, he can get rid of some of the tackle breaks. And he, I reckon he'll be fitter because his shoulder. You remember how he had that shoulder injury like two years running? Yeah. I, I, and I. Well, he had the surgery on that. I didn't feel like that held him back so much as, as just generally his role in the team, right? Yeah. Oh, look, I just... his tackles were still pretty high last year. That would have been what we were worried about. It was, but his, his tackle... Uh, missed tackles were up. So his demerits were up four That's points. Fair. That's so, fair. And, but look, his base was also down by four and he's attacking by five. So this is... It was all across the board. So it's just straight regression. Uh, Question... Question, yep. how do you think the Bulldogs are going to play? Do you think they're going to play through their hooker more? Or do you think they're going to... Because you've got Kyle Flanagan there, who's not really much of a half. Like, do you know what I mean? He's not really a dominant half. No. Do you think they're going to play through Reed more like, early on? Well, and, that, oh. that's what I'm saying. I think they'll try and bash him up the middle. And then you've got Karaz and Adokar on the wing when the defense compresses that they'll just spin it wide. So if, I think they'll go bang, 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 spin. If yeah, if you play by the Penrith model, which I think Seraldo will bring, the first two hit ups will be by the wingers on the return. So one winger will bring it back, the other one will come in for the next hit up. So that's tackles one and two. Tackles three and four will either be by the centres or by whichever forward is back in the line, right? Tackle five, it will then head out to possibly an edge for a bit of an attack, and then you've got this kick. So I, I reckon that Reed will probably see about three tackles around. But because of the way that they want those players to run back, there will certainly be some ability for him to run. The issue is, is that, look, if they're carrying New Brown, I I would say that Reed Money's a wait and see. I, I don't want to start with Reed Money in my team. He was in my first draft, but I pulled him out once I started having to think about, like, where are the extra points going to come from? There's some attack that he can pick up. But he might actually lose minutes. Keep him fresh. So, yeah, I don't know. Do, do you guys, either of you want Reed Marnie round one, Mitch? 
he's spicy for me. I've got him. I've got a question mark next to his name in my team because I do think they'll play through the middle. I do think he has to have a bit more of an attacking role, just knowing who the halves are. Certainly versus say Brown and Moses uh, to Burton and Flanagan. Obviously Burton's a very competent half, but Flanagan's a fair way off that. Um, I'm interested. I, I you bringing up uh, Farmanu or Brown? Jeez, I'm having. Yeah, just, just, just go time. with New Brown. That's what everyone says, Brent. Yeah. Um, I'm concerned with that, but you know, may and and this is it, right? Maybe the Bulldogs across the board keep their players fit. Maybe maybe New Brown gets 20, 25 minutes, and and Marnie gets fifty five again. That's not impossible. That's true, or even sixty five. And, and maybe that's an answer to Volandi's ball. Is that to offset the speed of teams like Penrith and their fitness? You just make sure your entire team can play at peak velocity for fifty five minutes. <laughs> That's it, and make sure that your wingers do all the hit-ups. <laughs> well, well, because they can, right? You've got Karaz and Adokar who proved that they can do it. They can. Karaz yeah. particularly. Karaz is a very good ball runner. Nick, are you interested in Reed Marnie? Uh, I've got a question for you guys. Do you think he's a keeper? Do you think he's going to average 60? Yeah, I do. With the fourth easiest strength of schedule, I think he could. Do you? I don't, I don't think he will, but Stu? I'm having a quick think about that. Uh, 60, he's at 45. I, 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 I want to wait and see. I, I don't know. I, I want him to be because I like him as a player. I'm not sure he's there. I think there's quite a few players ahead of him. I think you have to wait one or two rounds to see what they're doing with New Brown because mm. I look at their forwards, right? The only position in the forward pack that's not having that 55-minute rotation is hooker, but who's not to say that that's exactly what they're going to do? That's uh, true. Well, okay, so so let's put this out again. If New Brown wasn't playing, right, if he's just straight up backup for them and Reed is playing, I don't know, 70, 75 minutes and... I'd pick oh, him oh, oh, straight oh, up. 75 straight up minutes pick. and you'd had... Um, oh, who would you have for the Bulldogs in there? You would have... Oh, what's his name? He's always overpriced, massively overpriced. Toppen right? <laughs> if you have Jackson Top, no, he is. He plays like two games a year. He scored 126 points last year, but he's 600k, right? If you had Toppen there as a utility instead, would you be interested in picking him up, Mitch? Yes, definitely. Nick, I was a huge believer last year. I got burnt. Maybe I just got PTSD from it. I think you do, oh. man. He's he's on a different team. I was a huge believer after the 2021 where I didn't get him. I picked him up for his stinky year last year. That's so. true. Yeah, I had him too. I wasn't thrilled. Uh, so, look, I, I'm I'm away from him at the moment, but that's because I've got different plans at hooker. So, uh, then again, you know, Aaron Clark, is he's only 50 grand less. So, I'm not sure how many more points Aaron Clark's got him than Reed Marnie. So, anyway. Worth Marnie's a better player. I I agree because they don't have any like strike centers, and the edges sort of need things set up for them. Like, I think they will play through the middle. So I think, whereas you know the Eels were really trying to get, they were playing really through Dylan Brown. You know what I mean? Like all their attack was through him. So I I really, um, yeah, I I do see upside in Reed for sure, but. I don't think he's a boomer. I'd probably just lock him in as a spicy, guys. Okay, let, let me chuck in. Okay, yeah, look, if you both have him spicy, I'd chuck a star because I want to wait and see, but I'll put him as spicy for now. Okay, so I've got... Okay, so just a quick review of this one. So the big booms from this one is Hayes Perham, 
is the only boom that we have, uh, and Burton are the two booms that we have there. Is that correct? Uh, uh, I think I I, is a boom. Who? Perham? Burton. Or Burton? Now, Burton. I Burton is a boom, but I think you guys have him as spicy. I personally have him as spicy. Oh, I'm I'm happy to back the I'm happy to back the boom call for you, Nick. If you want. You. <laughs> okay, let's move him up. Let's move up. Well, he's in my team at the moment. I've got to think that there's some points in him. Uh, okay, so we have Kikau, Davy, Karaz as a bust. On for Mitch, we got a couple of spices, which is RFN and TPJ. It's really about minutes, right? So it's like bite your own risk. And we also have Ryan Sutton for that exact same reason. And we have Reed Money as like, I guess, a good spicy because like assuming that new brand isn't playing with him. I think, is that fair? Yep. And I'm I'm definitely off Reed Money altogether if new brand starts in that team. All right. So look, that's, I th- I'll go a real quick one. Look, I if Paul Alamotti or Gerald Skelton get a run at the Bulldogs, we could see them this season at some point. Just have a look at for them as cashies. So they're young centers. Gerald Skelton's come from Rugby Union. Uh, Paul Alamotti is one of those up-and-coming guys that you just keep on hearing about. <laughs> um, the <laughs> Sorry, some of the guys is writing... <laughs> anyway, stop it, fellas. Anyway, uh, look, <laughs> if Paul Alamotti or Gerald Skelton do get a run in the outside back, look, they'll be worth picking up. And Skelton averages like 43 in New South Wales carpet centre. Paul Alamotti, not much left. I think they won't start this year, but if they do, something happens, pick them up at 230k. You Hard to go wrong. All right, guys, uh, how are we going uh, with the teams this season and where they're going to end up? Uh, Nick, what are you thinking? Um, I'm just double-checking something. Is Gerald Skelton related to Will Skelton? Oh, he is. Oh, he's a cousin. So he's a cousin of Will Skelton, who's like that 6'8", 130-kilo back uh, second rower for the Wallabies. Okay, right. Cool. Um, I've got the Bulldogs at seventh, boys. I think they're going to improve. And, yeah, up the doggies. Excellent. Mitch? I had them much lower than this, uh, but I've gotten really excited looking at how they may do their pack rotation. And I think I'm going to regret this one. I regretted it last year. I should have left them at ninth uh, under the Tigers. Uh, But I've put them into fifth just because this team is scary. But the, the one thing that really concerns me, and it concerned me last year, is... It's a, a Panthers assistant coach, and the second thing is there's, there's not there's still not enough depth at this team. Anyway, I've got him at fifth, but I don't feel good about it. Yeah, Nick, Mitch, Nick, Nick, Mitch. Nick's original pick spooked me, and I brought it up, and he's, he's <laughs> no, it was, no, 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 what, no, 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 no. Okay, that wasn't me. That was Stu. All it right. wasn't so, me. <laughs> don't you dare. Okay, so, so just for the viewers at home, we have a bit of a run sheet we work off, and Nick originally had the Bulldogs at third, and so I think Mitch is panicked. He no, first. I changed my pick. Okay, let's. <laughs> well, Mitch, if you're so easily spooked, mate, that's a bit of concern too. <laughs> All right, and look, I've got them as ninth. I reckon they'll just be outside the eight. Yeah. I'm not sure how you crack the Sounds eight right. with a friggin' halfback that you don't want. Like it's just, I know, but like one of your two halves players, you want to shop, and I just, I'm stuck here. Anyway, I it's am concerning. Seeing, I how, feel the same way. 
what I am really looking for is if now that Steve Crichton's coming, he'll be the fullback more than likely, and he's a very good player. Like I'm very high on him. If they pick up Mitch Moses too to play alongside Matty Burton, so Matty Burton long kicking, Mitchell Moses running and short kicking together, that's a filthy team, bro. That's probably a top two, three team. I I don't like it at all. Like imagine that pack running behind those guys. Anyway. Gross. Well, and and the, a lot of them are signed. The best players are signed to big contracts, so so they would be. That's it. They're there for a long time. All of them are there to twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six. Anyway, moving on, uh, guys. Look, that is the end of our preseason preview for the Titans and the Bulldogs. Uh, thank you for helping us at home, or you know, the people at home understand where I reckon the good and the bad players are this year. And I guess, guys at home, if you've got any thoughts about this, please leave it, uh, send us some feedback via DM or uh, just right below in the show notes, like where we are. And look, we have the next one coming out shortly should be uh, with the Rabbitohs and Panthers. So make sure to uh, subscribe uh, to get that when it comes out shortly. Uh, This is Boomer Bob Bust Podcast, first podcast. As you can tell, we're a bit rusty, but we're back for 2023. (laughs) <laughs> oh mate i don't know what you are then moldy but <laughs> we're back for 2023 uh thanks for listening